trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table again and again Welcome to Grassroot Ohio Conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Emily Myers and Gary Witte, folks helping Columbus houseless folk with food, necessities, and love right where they are. Emily Myers is a housing advocate on the far south side of Columbus. She started here to serve in September of 2020 as a way to make sure people who were unsheltered were able to have their basic needs met. She has lived experience in being unsheltered, as well as her Aunt Patty freezing to death when she was unsheltered. Emily is passionate about engaging in mutual aid and solidarity while meeting people where they're at. She studied social work and harm reduction. Gary Witte, is a retired United Church of Christ minister involved in urban ministry all his career. He's the former director of Open Shelter and co-founder of Friends of the Homeless. He also has worked for the abolishment of the death penalty and feeding programs around Columbus. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio. Thank you. It's the winter solstice, the longest nights of the year, and we're heading into freezing rain and snow. A few days ago, early in the morning, I was having my coffee and, and I heard this noise in the backyard, the street behind me, and it was loud and consistent. I thought it was a goose or I thought it was maybe an animal like a raccoon or a, a possum crying. And I kept hearing it and I opened up my door and listened and it was someone crying, someone weeping loudly. And I called out and I said, hello, are you okay? The silence. I said, do you need help? And there was silence. I can help you. Silence. I went back inside and I sat down in my safe, comfortable little couch drinking my coffee. And I thought about you guys. And I thought about the work that you do with people that are cold and hungry and unsheltered in the hardest time of the year. So I want to find out about Here to Serve. Emily, will you tell us a little bit about what you do with Here to Serve here in Columbus, Ohio? Absolutely. Um, so our internet is off and on. Emily is actually in her car on her cell phone um, near one of the camps where the unsheltered folks live. She's taking a quick break. And so, so sorry. that's I'm no so problem, sorry. Emily. We can hear you now. Go ahead. Okay, perfect. So here to serve, we're a community-based organization. And what we do is we set up every Saturday at a neutral location near some camps so that folks are able to protect their privacy and have their privacy respected while being able to get the necessities that they need in order to survive. Um, so we provide like tents, camping equipment, propane so they can stay warm, um, food. We do a hot meal. Gary will bring food once a month. Um, and then we have other people, obviously, that bring food. because we. So we run every single... Okay, we've got to pause right there. Every single... I'm sorry. We no run worries. every every single weekend. Um, so we're there... Whether it's snowing, whether it's raining, whether it's really hot, we're there in all elements to show solidarity to the folks that 
you know, we're there to serve. Um, and then we help people, we connect them to resources. Um, we help connect them back with their families. We help them to be able to go to dinner and see their children and have those kind of interactions. We just missed you. Okay, Gary, tell me how did Emily, I'm going to go to Gary for a minute and then we'll get back to you when you come back. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, no. Okay. So Gary, how did you find out about Emily's work here to serve? Well, it was last summer uh, that uh, I heard that there was a group of people helping to feed uh, those people in an encampment down at Hare Park. That's spelled in case there's uh, strangers out there. H-E-R-R, Hare Park. And um, and it's a clever use of the words uh, "here to serve or here to serve. I just I know that Emily is a very uh, organizing genius. She brings together a lot of people for the sake of helping uh, helping uh, people who uh, don't have homes or who are on the the border of uh, being homeless. And um, when I when I found out how big people are showing up down there, I mean, we uh, I think there was like 55 people there last Saturday that were fed and uh, given all kinds of um, assistance for uh, everything from tents to clothing to, like she said, propane. But last summer um, was uh, a point for me to understand that the city has a way of. Uh, you know the same thing when you're doing when you're doing um, social work. Do no harm. The city decided, in their infinite wisdom, to come in with bulldozers and bulldoze that tent that tent area down. That concerned a lot of people who work with the homeless and encampments around the city, and it had a lot to do with us organizing at the uh, shame uh, camp uh, shameless in um, doing an action on the city that we hope they will never do another sweep of camps and bulldoze tents down. Because two days after our civil disobedience, um, the city decided to negotiate and put uh, the people in camp shameless into a motel up on the far east, uh, over on the far east side. I think that that's an indication that the city knows that what they've been doing is wrong and um, something else needs to be done. However, there's not a whole heck of a lot that the city is doing for homeless people. For example, hardly anything is being done for low-income housing. And again, shelters are at their limit. um, And a lot of people don't even want to live in a shelter. And you can hardly blame them and would prefer to live outside in tents than be in a shelter. There's Let me go um, back to Emily. Emily, tell me, you're focused mostly in South Columbus in one encampment or have you, are you working at several encampments? Tell me about this specific place where you're working. Yeah, absolutely. So we do, we work with, um, I mean, really, I would define it as one camp, although it's more of like an area that we serve. Um, so what to Gary's point, what he was talking about, we were violently evicted by the city in June of this year. So 2022, um, I think the real feel on that day, the temperature said it felt like about 107 degrees. So they, they did, they, the city spent over $40,000 bulldozing tents. Um, and then they sprayed roundup all over the area um, they said that was to curtail invasive honeysuckle, but I find that time. We just lost Emily. She'll be back. 
Yeah, I was there, Gary. I remember it was the first time I had heard about the sweep. And so I went down and I, I recorded it actually live on Grassroot Ohio. It was the longest recording I've ever done. And I think you can still find it on Grassroot Ohio. But I was there and I w- just wanted to see what was going on. And I, I saw the bull- bulldozers. I saw you, Emily, negotiating with the people and with the, um, the social workers, too, that were there. So these folks from that camp then moved. Yeah, so they moved they moved wherever they could. So it's um, you know, people there's no place for people to go. Like you get evicted and the city can't the city can't hold shelter beds for people in the event that they may come down, right? That's not how it works. You have to call and find out if there's beds available. Then they let you know if you can get a reservation, you have to So Gary, you know, I don't know how many houseless folks are in Columbus. They say anywhere between uh, 2,000 and 4,000. 2,000 and 4,000 houseless folk in most of the time, not not just once in a while, but most of the time. So as a city, Emily and Gary, what could the city or what could the Franklin County uh, commissioners, what could we do? We could... Can we get more hotels? Can we build tiny homes? What, Emily, I'd like to hear from you what the people need. Oh, tiny homes. Oh, so sorry. No, go ahead. Um, Tiny homes, we definitely need those, but we can't get those until our zoning laws are changed, which... uh, Do you know more about that, Gary? um, I've had the opportunity to look at uh, plans being made, not in this city, but other cities. Uh, They're making plans to do tiny homes, uh, which is necessary. Um, all you need is some um, some vacant land and um, the ability to hook up electricity and, and sewer. And uh, people, the ones that uh, I've been looking at, which was uh, out in Oklahoma this summer, uh, they plan on the only requirement is that you have to, you know, drop urine uh, once a week to show that you've been uh, clean. And as long as you're clean, you can live there for as long as it takes uh, for um, for uh, social workers to find ways to find you permanent housing. But it's, it's drastic in this county um, because hundreds of people are evicted every week in eviction courts. And so those numbers keep uh, uh, going. It means that people are either living in their car or, or shacking up with their friends or relatives it's uh, it's a terrible situation, and the lack of the city really doing something good about that is uh, non-existent, as far as I can see. This is a growing problem. I know um, Los Angeles, uh, where my son lives, there's a huge problem, and the new mayor that was just elected has made housing the houseless people her top priority. I'm not sure how she's going to do it, and I feel like are there like you said there's places in Oklahoma are there any other cities that are providing for their houseless in a better way I'm not aware I really uh, I'm not aware of anything else going on Emily you're on mute Emily are are there any other ways any cities or other countries that are doing it right taking care of their houseless people Um, I mean, there are places that, like to Gary's point, where people could stay some. Okay, going out on us again. Okay, it seems, Gary, it seems like they have to be clean is 
to also, what about the folks that aren't clean? You know what I mean? There's got to be a place for them too. Exactly. Right. But- well, so Seattle does a really good job. They have shelters that are harm reduction based, which is what we need. We desperately need harm reduction based shelters that regardless of whether you're using drugs or not, you can be inside, can have a safe place. You can have access to running water and electricity. Like we can do this. And in fact, like it's very easy. I've talked with Steve Stravinsky from the community shelter board in programs and planning. And we have talked about this very shelter model coming to Columbus because of how high our overdose rates are. And that's, that's the thing. So people who are intense, who are using drugs, are at risk of overdose. And thank you. Set up. Okay. Okay. Um, and so they're at risk of overdose. So surprisingly, they have a little bit of community built in in their camp. If they have other people that are coming and going, there may be somebody that can check on them while they're using so that they stay safe. Then when we move those folks out, right? Like when we have a remediation and those folks don't know where they're going and their camp ends up split up and their community is no longer there for them. Now they're at an even bigger risk of overdosing and people not finding them. And then once we do move them into shelter, so say we get them into a single occupancy room, they're still at risk because now they're isolated. Now they no longer have their community. Now they no longer have people that they can count on to come to where they're at. Um, And instead of us embracing that consistently, we have, you know, pushed those folks away. And those folks are not here to advocate for themselves because a lot of them have overdosed and they have died. And to show, like to further show how much the city is willing to spend money to discriminate against them, there's going to be um, the the city of Columbus approved. I think it was like 1.2 million for the downtown bathrooms that they would like to put in that will be public facilities. But these bathrooms will have blue lights in them. And what blue lights does is one, it keeps you awake. So they don't want anybody going into a warm space and falling asleep. And two, if you're using drugs, it makes it a lot more difficult. Okay. We just lost Emily for a second. That was a good long stint that we had. It feels like the system is not prepared for the reality of houseless folk, folk that can't financially or emotionally or whatever other reason support, family support or community. And it looks like we need community situations, not just solo isolated group, um, tiny homes, but tiny homes that have a community. Or and that have 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 like structure to check in on folks. And a lot of people, it seems that some of the people that are houseless or in the camps don't want to be in the shelters either. Is that true, Emily or Gary? Uh, it's true as far as I know. Uh, shelters are people jammed in on top of each other. It's hard to um, have any type of privacy at all. It's just a very difficult place to live in spite of the fact that there are social workers probably there to help out in any way um people are resistant to that and uh, prefer their privacy you can't blame them uh, everybody enjoys their privacy um emily is it possible that the city or the county could create a a planning committee 
with you involved and people that are working with houseless people to actually create a program to take care of these people? Have they reached out to you? Have you discussed with the city what needs to be done? Oh, she just had a big smile and then I lost her again. So this, I do not know. I, I know that the uh, city council, you know, they have their own problems and they're many, many, but um, I'm curious if they'd be open or the uh, county commissioners, could they create um, an organize a group to plan for this houseless community? Emily, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, I'm actually going to turn my video off because I think that may be easier. Okay, that sounds um, good. So they have not, I have not really talked to anybody um, at the city level. When I came in uh, and gave testimony. Okay. Hold that thought, Emily. Come back and we'll talk about it. You there? Yeah, so sorry. So when I came in to give testimony in June and begged them, no, not to, if you're, if you're going to remediate, if you're going to bulldoze, then offer an alternative, offer them someplace to go instead of saying, you just can't be here. We don't care where you go. Um, but city council was not interested in that. They're not really interested. In my opinion, they're not really interested in problem solving because the, the more of the focus is on getting people with jobs to move to the city um, which is then going to cramp our infrastructure even more and going to make our housing market even worse. Um, but those people have income. So then that. Yeah. So we still have the problem of not the problem, but the the inhumanity that we live with, that we accept, that we don't deal with of the, the thousands of people that are houseless, our brothers and our sisters that need help. And so we need to raise the awareness and we need to get it started with the city, with the county. Yes, concerned citizens. Yes, we can do what you are doing and what Gary is doing and what all the other people are doing out of the goodness of their hearts. Yes, we need to be doing that. But we also need to change the structure and take care of everyone and give them dignity and humanity. Gary. You've been working yes. in food and housing and humanitarian efforts. In your mind, what what should Columbus be doing? Well, uh, there's doing what the mayor of Los Angeles has done in declaring an emergency would be a good start. Mm -hmm. And bringing all players and actors together, including homeless people themselves for input as to what can be done. I drive around this city and I see boarded up homes, boarded up apartment buildings, and I'm going, why can't these be utilized? I see empty lots that could be used for building new low-income housing. The, the problem is, is that even um, the community shelter board to me, becomes farcical when you look at the fact that they have 35 people on their staff writing position papers, but nothing really, hardly anything gets done to address a long-range plan that would get decent housing to people. I've worked with a lawyer, I've 
I know lawyers who work with uh, people being evicted. And uh, she says that that's a terrible emergency situation, too. Yes. Uh, So it just continues to complicate the problem. And no one in a leadership capacity in this city is doing anything about it. So the grassroots, uh, Emily, I, and people who are listening to this program, write your uh, city council people, get in their face, go down and testify, do whatever you, it needs, you need to do to make aware that the city council needs to do something. And, and see- uh, and sorry, Gary, I just want to jump in real quick when you talk about evictions. So on the day the moratorium was lifted in 2021, we had 10,000 evictions go through in one day, in one day. So that's not 10,000 people. That's 10,000 evictions, possibly. I mean, if you have four people in your family, that's 40,000 people that are evicted. If it's more, obviously that goes up. So just to like show that real number in one day, it was 10,000 evictions. And we are continuing to see a landslide of them. So one of the reasons is one, people are over capacity. There's not enough uh, affordable housing here in Columbus, which we already knew. Um, And by 2025, we will have more, more luxury housing available than affordable housing. We currently have many luxury units that are completely sitting empty right now with nobody in them. And then to backtrack real quick, Gary said about, you know, vacant houses, the city of Columbus just released a report that gives a breakdown of every side of town, every area of town, how many square miles it is, um, you know, what the area is. And then it also shows you housing vacancy rates in that area. So for example, the near east side currently has a 25% vacancy rate. So that's one in four houses are vacant right now. So when we talk about solutions, easily right there, we can reutilize these homes, we can revitalize neighborhoods while we're doing it. And we can also reintegrate people into those communities so they're they're able to feel a part of it instead of being excluded or being like they just got dropped there. So this is also where tiny homes come in. The land bank, which the city of Columbus owns, like they have all of these empty lots that are available right now to put affordable, low-income housing in and they're not doing it. And the reality is, is because developers cannot make money. So they say they cannot make money off of building low income housing. So it is not incentivized for them. So the reason we don't have enough affordable housing, we're over 54,000 units short for affordable housing is because developers are not able to make enough money off of poor people basically. But that's where the city and that's where the state comes in. And that's where our taxes come in. It, it, it does. And when your construction companies and developers and you're also paying for campaign contributions, that definitely muddies the water. Because how are you supposed to be objective now when these are the people who are getting you to keep your seat? Now right. you're no longer beholden to the to the, the residents. And that's. That's one of the biggest issues. 
the folks that are homeless that are unsheltered here are still residents of Columbus. They are still people who are supposed to be represented and are not. And they have no recourse when it comes to their lack of representation because they these these are populations that don't even have access to a cell phone, which all of us take for granted every single day. These are people who are doing whatever, however they can just to survive through the cold night. Meanwhile, go ahead. sorry. Go ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. I've got you on, on camera. I was just going to say, meanwhile, city council, like it's really easy to say you feel bad about things and you want to help. Meanwhile, you go home to your warm house in your warm bed, eat the food out of your fridge, and then you get a good night's sleep. Yeah. Our folks are not afforded any of that and instead they're harassed they're discriminated against and they're stigmatized every single day yes emily how can people reach out to here to serve and help that's a good question so we are currently running a gofundme with all money to go to residents so we are a hundred percent grassroots there's no overhead Nobody is being paid. Um, so we have a Facebook here to serve H-E-E-R. Like Gary said, we are a little bit cheeky in our uh, our spelling. Um, and that's because here park is where we started. So we thought we'd, we'd play off that. So we have a Facebook. We also have an Instagram. So we have our GoFundMe. We also have a link tree up that also gives some other information on how you can be a good community member, what you can do, what kind of like what your responsibility is for the folks that are your neighbors. You can get them blankets. You can buy them a tent. You can talk to your neighbors and get a food box going, you know, get a check-in going, have, start having these conversations with folks so you can learn their names, so you can find out, you know, what they really need. Um, and then if, you know, you still still like it and want to get involved, you're always welcome. Folks are always welcome to come down to our serve. It's every Saturday, rain or shine, holiday or not. So we will be out there Christmas Eve serving folks. Um, so we'll be out there this weekend. So our address is 151 West Williams Road. We start at six o'clock. We go until supplies run out. Um, and like Gary said, last week we served 55 folks. We anticipate that we will see more this weekend and even more into the new year. Our numbers are continuing to go up. Um, and the number of families we're seeing is continuing to go up. The number of, you know, just really a lot of elderly. I will be completely honest. We see a lot of elderly folks who are unable to afford their rent, who are living with their family members and their family members are now getting evicted because they're over capacity. So now they're also out in tents. So we have people in their 60s. Um, I met a guy, he was in his 70s. Emily, uh, Emily, I'm out of time. Okay. But one, one ask of the listeners, Emily, I want you to have that ask. What is it? Uh, just come down, come down and meet people, see the humanity and, you know, just love on your neighbors. Come down, meet them, feed them, eat with them, share a meal. You know, think of how you would want to be treated if you're in that situation. All right. Thank you so much, both of you, for your work. Thanks Absolutely. So Thank you. In Thanks, addition girl. to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, 
Grassroot Ohio now airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org and at 4 p.m. at WEJPLP in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also oh. find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.